Well, I, I didn't care for the movie of The Queen of the Damned at all. Uh, I begged the studio not to make that movie. I told them that the readers really didn't want that movie. What they wanted was a, was a movie based on the Vampire Lestat, the second book in the series. And the studio went on and made the movie, and the movie was not really based on my work. They used the names of the characters, but they replaced original material with material that they had written for them by a scriptwriter. And the movie was a great disappointment to most of my readers. Um, I still get letters to this day asking me why I let it happen, and of course I couldn't control it. I, there was nothing I could do. Uh, they had the right as a studio to make that movie, and, and there was nothing I could do to prevent it. Uh, try again, bitch. Nobody at fucking Hot Topic. Am I the bitch? Watch this fucking movie. You, you just bitch. bitch me? All right, we're in. We're going, Trent. No, don't uh. hit that stop button. We're going now. It's on. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. It's September, and that means we have some very exciting Halloween announcements soon to come this week. I guess it's <laughs> a, a lady vampire week of sorts. I hate to say lady vampire because um, I feel like that's an insult to lady vampires. Mm -hmm. I don't know what is is that what we're calling this week, Kat? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is the week for uh hot lady vampires, specifically ones played by Aaliyah. Well played, because that's all you got to stand on. <laughs> well literally played. a fact. <laughs> that is literally a fact that I'm saying. The movie that Kat is referring to, of course, would be the 2002 Michael Reimer directed worst received, one of the worst received horror movies of the past 20 years, not by me, but just universally worst received, called Queen of the Damned. I can't really make much sense out of this, Kat. I'm hoping that you can help me understand what this is. It follows the legendary vampire Lestat, who has reinvented himself as a rock star in the contemporary American music scene. This music wakes Akasha, the queen of all vampires, and inspires her desire to make Lestat her king. Akasha's malevolent power is so great that all the immortal vampires must stand against her if they want to survive. Meanwhile... A young London woman with a fascination for the dark side falls in love with Lestat. Um, this one is loosely, very loosely based on the Anne Rice, the Vampire Chronicles, the third, the third installment, I believe. I would say it mostly just resembles a long-form corn song slash album. Before you guys just annihilate we me. Said anything. We haven't... Yeah, well, and preemptively. I've already been annihilated for the past yeah, 20 minutes that we've been sitting here. Family. When I saw this film, I was a 13-year-old emo girl, okay? I think sometimes we forget about the generational divide mm. that kind of goes on in this room. Sometimes I think we forget. I don't know if had, that flies here. Had you been a horny 13-year-old emo girl when you saw this film for the first time, perhaps... 
I you would feel differently. 30, but I was still you, a horny 13-year-old emo girl. Well, I remember this movie a little differently than I got watching it this week, for sure. I wouldn't say that it holds up. I'm not here to disagree with you guys. Um, do I deserve the threats that I've gotten? I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. Jonathan Davis of the band Korn did the soundtrack, including some original songs. Um, I thought that was the weirdest part in that Stuart Townsend is Lestat, playing Lestat, and he is lip syncing to these songs and they want you to believe that Jonathan Davis's voice is coming out of his tiny little body. That was the most unbelievable part to me. I think the plot leaves some things to be desired, as does the acting. Aaliyah tried. She's kind of just eye candy in this one. I thought it wasn't as bad as you all made it out to be, in that I had a fun time laughing at how rough this one is. And I think... It's fun to laugh and be upset at the same time. I feel like I should just like take a muscle relaxer now before no, you all. No, no, you're not getting high. This is I, not. <laughs> no, no. This is your. This is no. Gonna, no anesthesia. I want you to I just, feel everything. I don't want to. All right. Well, let it. Let Here it we burn. go. Yeah, okay. It's, it's go. funny that you say that you wish you like could have laughed because I thought both of the movies we're going to talk about this week would have benefited from like a more direct path to comedy. And I think that's come up in a few of the movies we've talked about recently. But yeah, no, this one was trying to be real serious. This was a massive studio fuck up. Mm. This was Interview with the Vampire was massively successful in 94. Uh, it gave us Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, uh, Kirsten Dunst's first role. It made... 200 and something million dollars. And Anne Rice was like, hey, I want you to do my second book, The Vampire Lestat, and I'll do it for free. Like union rate. And Warner Brothers was like, nah, we're not interested. And then as the rights were lapsing, they were like, oh, fuck, we're going to lose the rights to these books. And they did, they named it Queen of the Damned, but they mashed up book two and three and rushed it into production so they wouldn't lose the rights. This is, I thought 13 Ghosts was the most early 2000s like garbage horror movie. This is it. This is bad. It's so bad. Like, I could not follow the plot at all. Like, I was like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? Like, you start the movie with a vampire waking up and listening to punk rock and just like all of a sudden jumping up in front of the band and singing in John Davis's voice. Yeah, yeah that, you're right, Kat, that, that's one of the worst parts of the movie is like nobody's voice. John Davis's voice doesn't come out of anyone's body it's except for his specific. weird dreadlocked body. Yes. Uh, I also watched this on a plane. And as soon as it started, I actually like sometimes I'll feel like, ha ha ha, like you, someone's going to hate this movie. Like, and I'll take like some schadenfreude. Like, I'll be like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is good. I felt for Dave. I literally sat there and said, this is Dave's worst nightmare. Like he like this is going to actually affect him. Like he's going to eat part of his soul. It's going to take like a real emotional toll on him. Um I will say I love Aaliyah and I wish that she had more screen time in this. I loved Aaliyah as an artist. 
loved her in Romeo uh, or uh, Romeo Must Die. Um, really thought that this was a very talented actress that was coming like into her own. Was going was a an R and B superstar. What was going to just be like a like transcendent superstar. Um, so tragedy there. Very Hannibal type deal where the movie's called Queen of the Damned and she's in it for like a whopping 26 minutes. Um, other than that, like everything, like not, no gore. Everything was pretty much CGI, fake fire. Uh, Stuart Townsend was, I want to punch him in the face mm. as hard as I possibly can. Um, Dave, what do you got? I fucking hated this movie with every bit of my body. It made me mad at you. I had a shitty week. I think it's because I watched this movie. No. Uh, and it gave me it gave me just like no hope for humanity. And, and I just realized that studios and corporate bullshit can have this. So I even know about this movie. I shouldn't even know about this movie. And... Um, the story just jumped around everywhere. They took bits and pieces of maybe like cinematically cool scenes and tried to mash them together. So you didn't even have like a story, like some of the stuff that is from the early 2000s that I hate, it, it at least has a story, you know, and it follows an arc and whether it be cheesy or not, you're kind of invested in the characters or some, you know, this didn't even have Matthew Lillard in it. I do feel a little bit, bad for you because I know that cat like you went into this maybe not doing all your homework and like sometimes you have to revisit those things when you were a child because like but I like like Play-Doh and shit but I don't now because that shit's stupid <laughs> and it's not fun but you isn't know? it but fun to experience these things together as one entity it's, it's not fun. I was a grown man when this fun. came out I was a grown man and this movie came out and it didn't have any effect on me. It had all this like weird fashion, like mm. this, like I, I don't know. It's just strange, hot topic, yes. like you said. But that's not even quite it. It's just this like it's a new gothic, metal whatever situation. fantasy. And I felt like all the the tropes, the things that vampires do, and the powers they have, and what they're vulnerable to, they varied the whole time and never stuck to any rules nope uh so it's like you never know you're never like worried about someone dying or not dying because who knows what they're just gonna make up to evaporate them and did not explain (laughs) it i just i hated this movie with all my heart motion to the floor (laughs) introduction of articles of impeachment (laughs) against Co-host Cat Smith, this is not an action that I take lightly. The wow. integrity and the storied history of this institution <laughs> weighs heavily upon me as I come before you tonight. Mm. You know, I waited a full week to watch this movie. I just watched it last night, so it's very fresh in my mind. What is going I've confiscated her notes. If we're doing we, yeah. legal, if we're doing legal, it's going to be justice. I have her notes here confiscated. Thank you. We Thank you. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, uh, the S- Sergeant at Arms, please notes. take the notes to a secure location, please, <sighs> while we get the proceedings There's underway. Gold in there. I didn't. I had a whole week, and I, I could have watched this movie at any at any point, but I waited until last night because I was afraid that if if I died or something, <laughs> let's say I, I watched it last Thursday or something like that. If I died before tonight, 
then two hours of the the final days of my life would have been spent watching Queen of the Damned. Or you could have lived your whole life and not seen this. Exactly. So the the last possible moment I could I could do it, and unfortunately I I, I didn't die, so I had to watch it. <laughs> this is without question the worst thing we have ever seen on the podcast. Anything else is tiddlywinks compared to how bad, how wrongheaded. How insulting this movie! I mean, I, I can't. We 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 are insulting Lady Vampires. We are insulting New Metal. We are insulting Ooh. Hot Topic. Ooh. We are insulting things that I hate. And I, I <laughs> I'm I'm about to rise to the defense of corn here. No self respecting Hot Topic employee or customer would tell you to watch this movie. What are you crazy? It's unbelievably bad. I, I guess if there's any saving grace to this movie it's that it's not bad in a mars attacks way where it's it's abrasive it's aggressive to watch like that movie really assaults you with its badness this is just like watching a really bad aughts cable tv supernatural show it's harmless in its badness i just watched it with a blank stare and just you know, it went by. A thing happened. It didn't. It offered nothing to even, you know, inspire. There was no. Certainly, wasn't funny at all. There were no no laughs in it. it was just there was maybe some some size inside. You know, <laughs> nothing nothing external. It had sensuality. I'll give it that. Every uh, sensuality. Uh, I wish it had sensuality. This this movie. This manages somehow. You got an Anne Rice movie. With vampires, there's no sensuality in this. It's, uh, I mean, he there's the low rise pants. The guy wears very low rise pants. You can see a, it, his pelvic structure. They have a sexy scene. They do. Yeah, no. it's like a lovemaking scene between. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This reminded um, me of a book, and you read a book, and you don't take in the words. You're just looking at the words, but you don't understand. Their you meaning. have to keep going back and, and reading it back. again. And I kept wanting to go back in this movie because I was like, maybe I missed something. Am I nah. dumb? And then. I was like, I can't possibly go back. I cannot <laughs> go back and watch this again. But it, it left me very confused well, the whole time. Well, it's because they took over 1,000 pages of two books and tried to put it into an hour and 40 yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah, this is not, right. This is not an adaptation of the book, The Queen of the Damned. It's a mashup of Lestat, which got didn't get off the ground because like, there's too much going on in that book. And then, well, let's do this, but there's too much in this one, so let's do them both. I don't know. I also thought it was kind of weird that Aaliyah comes along. Meanwhile, all these people, they're vampires. They need to kill people to survive, to be alive, or whatever you call it, to not be alive, to be undead, whatever they are, immortal. So she comes along, and yeah, she wants to fucking eat the whole pool party and whatever. Mm. Why is it so different than how everyone else is living? Everyone's killing people and drinking their blood. How come when she comes along, it's like, oh my God, she's... Too much. It's too. Because she wants to kill all humans and vampires, and that's not chill. Yeah, she wants Lestat to be her king. And then they're gonna friggin' kill everyone. Rule it like they did back in the back in the before times. So, and and what's what's the queen of the dam's name? Akasha. Uh, Akasha. So. Mm -hmm. Akasha is from Egypt. She ruled in a previous time. She ruled over Egypt, which is strange because she speaks English with the same accent as Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Now, I don't know what country... 
I don't know what country Triumph is from, but it's not. It's not Egypt. Yeah, it's definitely not Egypt. Did you want to put a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra wet in your food tonight? What? They finished filming this in February of twenty or two thousand one. It came out in what December. She didn't get to ADR any of her lines, so her dialogue is actually her brother, and they were using what? Yes. They were using her brother and some voice uh, modification technology. So her brother is from the same country as Triumph. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about the accent. I'm just saying, like, saying that we didn't know that. I mean, I wasn't gonna go to the IMDb trivia page on this one. R.I.P. Aaliyah. She was great for other reasons. This movie, you know, was not one of them. Listen, (laughs) I think we've been doing this for long enough. I agree. That I agree with that already. We should be allowed to experience horrible things together. Not just horrible and like eating poop or fucking your kid or whatever the fuck <laughs> you guys have made me watch. I just think... Yes, let it out. Let it out. I just think every once in a while it's nice to watch straight up trash and laugh about it, have a nice time, talk about, ooh, how cool... Was that not at all? Haha! Right, guys, what a god awful film. I'm with you. I I love like I watched this on a plane and was like you I can't now. I can't wait to just be like this is terrible. I love I sometimes it's just as fun to talk about well, bad movies as good movies. I agree with that. My take this week was almost verbatim Cat's take from last week on <laughs> Necrophiles, just replacing the name of the movie yeah. to Queen of the Damned. Uh, the whole thing about like, I if I had to watch this again, I would never ever watch movies, <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> like I was feeling that, like it hit differently after I watched Queen of the Damned. I was yeah. like, oh, I know what it's like to feel this way about to a movie. hate. Um, yes, you're gonna feel the, all those feelings well, next week. I feel like you I'm may being even sue me. I'm being retaliated against, and I wasn't. I wasn't coming in being like, Haha, suck it, guys. I thought. I was going to have a fun time well, talking no. shit. And now you've turned me a little bit well, where I'm know, like, you, maybe this was a good movie. Maybe I liked it. As avant-garde as choose something so bad that it's bad and say we should talk about this too, then I'm going to go in an extreme direction as well, in an avant-garde direction. And I'm going to pick something. Avant-garde. You said avant-garde? <laughs> that, you know, that we, Are you a little stat? Is that your accent? exploring the outer limits here. Queen of the Damned Absolutely. and like just trash. I wouldn't movies. say this is an outer I'm limit. In. I'm in. I'm this? in. You're gonna you're gonna need an encryption password for my next week. I'll tell you that. What is that? Dark web. Guys, <laughs> no. Hey, no. Ser- on a serious note, though, we can't go through everything that doesn't work and is wrong about this movie, obviously. Yeah, but right. one one thing that stood out to me in, in, in its tradition in vampire movies is the whole idea about yes, you are immortal, but is a cold lonely, unending immortality that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. It's so terrible. But it seems pretty cool in this one. I mean, I, I don't. I, I want to be a vampire. This is the first movie where I thought, I'd really like to be a vampire. Mm. You get to fly up and sit on the top of the uh, sign on, on the Hollywood Boulevard. and Next to your ha- dick. Yeah, and hang around, and, uh, and and you meet your true love. What What's so lonely? The whole thing at the beginning, like, uh, you can't know people and all this. Well, at the end, Lestat has a girlfriend now. All you have to do is bite someone, make them a vampire, spend Boom. eternity together. You never die. You never get sick. You fly around. You do whatever you want. I would love to be a vampire. You know, maybe it was an allegory for, like, the, the music business at this time. 
you know, Whoa. because they were just, you know, doing whatever they wanted. It is in they... line. It is in line with where rock music was at this time. I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I would say I would definitely rather listen to Corn than watch this movie again for sure. But yes. <laughs> did we mention the cameo? The the Davis Jonathan Davis oh, Jonathan actually, Davis and I recognized him. I don't even like Corn. I've never listened to him. I, I think they're bad. But did you recognize him I right away? Him oh, I right just away. Watched yeah. the Woodstock I love Corn. Uh, oh, oh yeah! Talk about a horror. No, he's a scalper. Hey, that's he, a horror. Uh, yeah. hey. he ad libbed all of his lines like that was all off the cuff. Well, yeah, wow. It was like two. There lines. was only like three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, um, yeah, just yeah, new metal. I mean, you got Static X, Papa Roach, Disturbed, The Deftones, Corn, wow. obviously John Davis. It's like I said. It's yeah, the da- soundtrack. It's Dave's worst nightmare. It, the soundtrack is yeah. a who's who of the worst moment in rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Rice I like completely the disowned the movie. R.I.P. We lost her just last December. Oh, yeah. I would love to go back and revisit Interview with the Vampire because I remember loving that movie. I'd love to see how it holds up. Yeah, me too. It's been it a could long be just time. like this. I don't I mean, think. I, oh, I don't, I don't think, think it so. could be like this. <laughs> I saw a Shakira video the other day, and I was like. I can't believe I thought that was a real like waterfall behind her. Like this is obviously green screen, but back then I feel like we put up with more stuff that was bad CGI and bad green screen because I don't know, we didn't know any better or whatever, but like I see stuff from this whole era now and a lot of it looks very very cheap. This mm-hmm. being the yeah, the, fi- of the, the era, fire, the fire stuff. Like when she's yeah. like just burning vampires, it's like CGI fire, and it's it's bad. The it screenplay is, is particularly bad. The the dialogue and stuff. Like when oh, when the Queen bad. of the Damned comes and and she says, "Boo," to Lestat, and he says, "Boo back." Like what? I don't even know what. It's more is, the uh, what it's, more the, it's more the what press conference when the band. Oh my god! And then they show Lestat. And he's coming out as a vampire and lead uh, singer of the band, but he's on like a video monitor. Like that's the way. Like come out, come out wherever that, you are. Okay, that's the only to me. That's the only good thing about the movie, and it's not about the movie. It's about Anne Rice. The the Vampire Chronicles kind of regarded, at least in part, as an allegory about living as a closeted person uh, in the in the eighties and about the AIDS ep- epidemic. And so this movie deals with the whole idea is that Lestat is coming out so to speak, and he wants all the vampires to come out and live among everyone else and not lie about who they are and embrace who they are. Silver lining. So, so, yeah, that's cool, but that was just about the novels. That has nothing to do with this movie. That's just a thing they had to say. No, they left it all out. They left all, like, in both of the second and third books, there were, he had a ton of male lovers. They left all of that out. Yeah, right. Interview with the Vampire actually deals with that aspect, like, way more. Yes, way more. So I'm not crediting this movie at all with that, but that is a thing that I remember remembered when I was watching it that was cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, another thing about the music is uh, it wasn't just Jonathan Davis, it was Richard Gibbs from Oingo Boingo, which was the, you know, 80s pop band with Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the other person that did all the music in this. And Richard Gibbs was a session player for Tom Waits, Aretha Franklin, Robert Palmer. Um, and I, when I saw that, I was like, what? Yeah, I like the the high speed violin <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's playing the violin so fast that he's like a blur i've seen better trails in detroit oh dude than this movie of... there's worst the worst trails ever what do you mean and tra- all they do is trails over and over again the image trails you know what I'm talking about oh, that effect. Like, yeah. Okay. Like oh. tracer, yeah, that, like that's tracers? What, that, yeah it was so like bad effect. it was every the time worst. the vampires move fast 
there is oh, like a yeah, yeah. trail. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're tripping. very, very bad. Very yeah, bad. it was so. It was PlayStation Two, like video game bad. Well, it's a bloody merry morning, baby. Left me without warning sometime in the night. So I'm flying down to Houston with forgetting her the nature of my flight. All right, next up for Lady Vampire Week is a film from 1975 directed by Juan Lopez Moctezuma called Mary, Mary, Bloody Mary. This is about a beautiful American artist who moonlights as a murderous blood drinker while in Mexico, killing lovers of both sex. Ooh. However, she soon has a new man in her life as well as a mysterious man in black who appears to be committing the same type of murders as she is. I thought this one was interesting. Uh, Definitely a lot more uh, plot-driven than I think our first watch this week. Uh, I was expecting, you know, anticipating a little bit more of a, like, sexy sex, blood orgy romp. So we got a little bit of that. I'd say we got a little bit of the of the sexy blood, but I you know, I always I think I always want more. I thought it was visually very pleasing. Like it, yeah, it's got like that 70s kind of color to it, that tone. Um, you know, not a lot of like crazy exorbitant colors, but just like a muted kind of pretty you know, pretty on the eyes kind of a situation. And I like the soundtrack. It was very, you know, calming somehow. Um, Just very cute. I wouldn't say I knew exactly what was going on in this film for most of it, but I think I figured it out. I thought it was like a nice little artsy horror movie. It was a nice palate cleanser after the new metal masterpiece that we um, also watched. So uh, I just hope that... You guys are a little nicer okay. to me on this one, um, okay. and we'll go from there. All right. Okay. <laughs> the only re- okay. The the articles of impeachment have stalled out here. This is a masterpiece. Mm. I love this movie. It more than makes up for Queen of the yes. Dams. I had never heard of Mary, Mary, Bloody Mary, and I was pretty skeptical considering you know your other choice was mm. Queen of the Damned. Yes, it was. I love this movie. This is so yes. good. This is a, a Mexican horror movie. And I, I loved it so much that I watched a couple other movies by this filmmaker. He made like five horror movies, and uh, a, a couple other ones are, are available, easy to stream. This is on Shutter right now. I would call this a hidden gem of Shutter. It's also on Tubi, so this is an easy one. This is part of the lesbian vampire exploitation genre of the '70s. If you if you're gonna talk about that genre, Bloody Mary is in there. It may not be as much as some of them. Kevin, we talked about. Do you remember that movie Vampires with a Y? Oh yeah, mm, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I know that. of course. Yeah, yeah. On the Patreon. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is similar to yeah, Vampires. I had that yes. To me, this is way ahead of its time. I loved. This is worthy of the moniker Lady Vampire Movie. Mm. This turns every convention of vampire movies on its head right from the opening. One of my favorite things is there's this extended cold open. It's really long where you see Mary in a van, driving in in a van in the rain, in a storm, and the van breaks down. And she has to go to a house and knock on the door. She seems very vulnerable. She seems like a typical horror movie open victim like she's going to be the first kill she goes to this house and there's a strange man there and he grabs her from behind while she's trying to use the phone and so the expectation is that this is your first kill this is the vulnerable 
um, woman in, in the storm at night in the strange house, but this is actually the evil protagonist of the movie. And it, and it goes from there. Everything that happens in this movie is kind of a subversion of your expectations of what you think this movie would typically be. There are a lot of confusing time jumps to start. It straightens itself out, but it is kind of weird at first because it, it gives you that cold open, which is extended. And even in the cold open, you get a time jump, which it doesn't give you any indication of what it's doing. It just all of a sudden shows Mary in her uh, her artiste mode and glad handling and people congratulating her on her art. And then it's back to the beach and this and that. So it can be a little confusing at first, but just stick with it. If, if you know the plot, then it, it'll make sense. I loved the whole uh, copycat. What happens is that the thing that's set up is her wondering who this other killer is while she's trying to evade the authorities for what she's doing. Now it seems like someone's on her tail doing the same thing. And that's kind of the mystery of, of the movie. Highly recommend this movie. I thought that this movie uh, reminded me a lot of Giallo, but with uh, like less suspense. Definitely. But this is like straight 70s. I kind of like like some of the folk songs that are part of this movie, um, much like the other 70s stuff we talked about, like Last House on the Left, uh, where there were like these weird 70s like gold folk songs. I, I actually like got attached to some of the, the soundtrack of this. I thought it was very good. Um, some of the production of the cinematography reminded me a little bit of like the TV show Chips. <laughs> definitely oh yeah you know, oh yeah definitely had, some chips vibes a, oh yeah 70s like and there's some car it. chases and stuff but i liked how like she was more like a parasite uh she was like a leech instead of like a vampire because mm-hmm. she just needed the blood it uh she i don't even remember there's no like fangs she no. stabs no and then just drinks the blood yep um, I thought that was interesting, although this week there was definitely no respect for the vampire tropes. Mm. No. None of them. Daylight, no, all none. that stuff. Daylight, like sure. They just did what yeah. they wanted this week, which is fine. Uh, I liked Mary Mary, Bloody Mary. I will definitely say it's a little dull. It's a little slow. Oh. Um, but that is a little bit what I expect from some of these uh, like 70s movies. And... They all have their like little glowing moments, and I thought this had a lot of glowing moments that I really liked. I didn't love... I For me, it didn't make it okay that we watch Queen of the Damned, <laughs> um, but I still I still appreciated it, and I liked it. I love IMDb because they typically have like the worst synopses of movies, mm-hmm. and this one for Mary Mary Bloody Mary is a female bisexual artist turns out to be a vampire. Yeah. Like, who knew? That's it. I think instead of Lady Vampire Week, you could have gone with fuck vampire tropes Mm. as a theme. Because, like Dave was just saying, like, both movies just do away with all of this. It's a little slow. I will say, like, the soundtrack, um, I'm going to disagree with you, Dave. I like some of, like, the folky stuff. But I hated some of the editing of this movie because they do a lot of, like, you guys have mentioned, like, jump backs and, like, time jumps. And it also messes with the score. So there'll be, like, a folky song playing. And then they'll jump to another time period and they'll have no score. And then they'll jump back to what you just watched and the score that you were just hearing is gone. Um, So, uh, like, a little clunky in, like, that regard. Uh, But in terms of, like, 70s horror... 
uh, what you were talking about, Trent, like a real, um, you know, trailblazer for um, sexuality and, you know, sexual orientation. I thought this was fantastic. And I thought um, that uh, was uh, Christina Ferrer, who played Mary, was fantastic. Me too. I uh, oh, thought she great. did a great job. Great in it. Uh, John Carradine, like I said, plays um, sort of the like the Jalo slasher villain of this. Um, and even though you don't really get to see him, I thought he was really good. Um, death scenes are good. Like they're quick. Um, this movie does have a lot of, of, of slow moving scenes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was really pleasantly surprised cat, like great, like gold digging find. Like it was great. You know, some say I just have a way about me of being able to pick films without watching them. <laughs> um, I thought I, so I, I, I like this movie. I, I agree, it's like the pace is a little slow, but I didn't mind it, you know? It just kind of like, just like I was watching a relaxing, you know, murder movie, which I always uh, appreciate. But yeah, I thought, I, I hesitated in calling this, you know, in my uh, description, you know, this vampire is kind of running around because she kind of just seems like a, like a blood drinker to me. She doesn't fall under the, the tropes, you know? She can be out in the sun. Yeah. We don't, and we don't know how long you know she's been this way and they kind of like allude to like certain characters being older i'm not sure that part i'm still confused about because i think she's been doing it for a while because there's that scene when she's about to you know axe that woman that she's like yeah she's like i've never like liked anyone that i've killed you know what i mean so i'm like how long business yeah so how long has she been doing this for is she really like a billion years old or is she just like it's normal it doesn't do any of that yeah i I never thought of that yeah so it doesn't really give you that backup so i was like well she's just like kind of this mythical being um because there's no floating you know there's no but not turning people into flames no, just like a beast. There's there's no uh, loneliness of eternity. No, it's just yeah. a good time right. doing good art and having sex and going to parties and drinking Paint blood. Shit. This yeah. is quite a vampire. Which is why the end is like kind of. I think the end. Yes, that's where it comes in. The question. Yes, like, Kevin. Correct. That's where it comes in. At the end, you get some answers about the the longing of eternity yeah. and all that. Yes. Okay. That's what brings it around. It is vampire. Uh, 100%. I mean, maybe it wasn't that slow. Sometimes I find with the 70s sexploitation stuff is that I end up falling asleep right after I masturbate, and mm. then it seems like a longer movie because I have to re-watch it you later woke up. from a different spot. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite lines uh, was at the very beginning when Mary is, is trying to get into the house in the rain. It's like a deserted, abandoned house. And she finds this man there. He's also staying there. And he tells her that he's a backpacker. And he just ducked into the house, too. And he, he they're standing in the pouring rain. And he says, well, w- what are you planning on doing? And she says, well, I'm certainly not planning on getting any more wet than I already am. Hello. Yeah, after, hey. after he Brr. says, my name's Ben Ryder. <laughs> oh, oh. Ryder. I hardly knew a. <laughs> <laughs> I thought one of the one of the more clever kind of subversions of a lot of what's going on here is that the essential part of the story is that the cops don't even consider in their minds that she could be the killer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even occur to them ever that a dainty American artist like her, a painter, 
could be a killer, even when they're questioning her and they start looking at her. Uh, they think it's her boyfriend. They're trying. They're the part of the story is this kind of a cop thing where there's an American FBI agent on the scene, and then there's the local police, and they're trying to figure out who is leaving all these bodies that don't have a drop of blood left in them. Somebody has sucked them dry, and they never think that it could be her. They're they're treating her almost as though she could help them the whole entire time. I thought that was cool. That's how you do it. I love the cop angle. I thought the cop angle was like a really cool part of the movie, actually. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty cliche uh, for 70s and, and digging into, you know, Jalo. Well, we keep saying Jalo, but it's not. It's, it's it, an it American is. movie. It's, it's, uh, it's Mexican, actually. Oh, it's Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it has it just it has some of those elements, some of the Jalo elements. And you see the, the copycat killer, you see the black gloves and the blades. And, and even uh, I, I love that Mary's primary weapon is the hairpin. Mm-hmm. She's got the hairpin stabber, which was Titan. Yeah, right. We talked about that in Titan. And then she's got the necklace that has uh, powdered drugs in it that she puts in their drinks. We've seen that a million times. It reminded me of uh, Human Centipede. Cruel which, Intentions. She brings the date home. She puts a little of the powder and the wine. Next thing you know, the hairpin comes out mm. in the hot tub. Yeah, still over. haven't seen that. Still not going to watch it. Watch what? Human Centipede. I, I was talking about this, but know, you have but seen I'm... Human Centipede because we mm-hmm. talked about it on the show, didn't we? No, I, oh, that was my... That oh, yeah, that that we, we left I... her out of that. Unbelievable. Well, that oh. explains a lot. Well, have you guys <laughs> seen George Romero's Martin? No, I've never seen that. It's never available online. <laughs> so it, this is very similar to Romero's Martin. So oh, okay. I, I think that we were maybe not on the same level, Trent, when I said that the end of the movie, I don't think it proves that they were vampires. I'm using air quotes right now. For the listeners, I don't think that they're vampires. I think that there is a history of abuse, and that they just kill people and drink blood. Well, isn't that what? Isn't that? I mean, how do we define vampire? I guess would be the question. I think it's the undead. I, I think you define vampire. You have to be undead to be a vampire. Undead. It's a family thing, right? Yeah, I think her this dad is has a, it. Like I said, it's like raw, where their family right. is like they don't want her to eat any taste of any meat or any blood because she's just gonna go crazy. It's just some thing that runs in their specific family which i think is a really cool flip on vampires to have it be not just everyone who becomes a vampire you know everyone gets bitten becomes a vampire to me right. that makes no sense at a certain right it's point conditioning because- like i think this has a uh, i think what this movie is trying to say is like abuse and conditioning and product of environment not supernatural vampire I think it's saying you were raised and you saw this and this was normalcy and now you're going to right. cut people up I, and yeah and yeah. Drink oh, well, I, their she blood. just likes blood better than a grilled cheese. I, I mean, I think that's the I, <laughs> uh, I think I that's you. the allegory. But I mean, I think there's there's always an allegory. Like you know, vampirism is often an allegory for drug addiction and stuff like that. I think yes, that's definitely kind of the 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 underlying message, but. I, I don't see how this isn't a vampire movie. No, I mean, I think, yes. I, I guess, you know, in some sort of definition, sure. But I think Dave nailed it. Like, I think with, with Romero's Martin, with uh, DeCorno's Raw, I think, like, that's the point. Like, they're showing some of these things in a in a non-supernatural way. You guys, uh, you know the show Dark Shadows, the old... Yes. Oh, yeah. The, the writer of this movie, uh, uh, Malcolm uh, Martinstein, he, he wrote 82 episodes of Dark Shadows, wow. which makes complete sense because this is kind of a, 
a dark soap opera. Yeah. A gothic soap opera yep. is really what I would call this. Yeah, this is like a way too long episode of Dark Shadows, actually. I like the art that was uh, sprinkled throughout. Yeah, some yeah, some cool art. She was a cool artist. And she's pretty fine. I thought Mary was a real looker. She was a model. She didn't do a lot of movies. She wrote three self-help books. She was she was like a, an early influencer. She was a model, and she did this movie and a couple others, yeah, like and then TV hosting. Yeah, and, like, and then she yeah. wrote. She has a recipe book, and then she has two like self-help books about how to, you know, make yourself better and all that. Yeah, and I think uh, just referring to this as uh, like an empowering, you know, kind of sexual exploration of women, especially like in 1975. Even just in horror, it's kind of like you know. This is probably one of the, you know, not only, but, you know, it's not very frequently that the woman was the protagonist villain, you know? Uh, Same with both movies. Like Trent was saying, you know, when she's the f- going to be the first kill the first time you see her on the screen because you're so used to, like, being the final girl trope and, like, oh, well, there's going to be, like, a... she. It's not going to be her, yada, 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 yada. But I think this is, like, a good kind of uh, example of a female evil protagonist, especially like that early, especially one that's going to be, you know, banging dudes and ladies. It's unlike much that had happened. And that you actually like root for. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want her to go. One of my favorite scenes in this is the beach kill. When Mary (laughs) happens upon the guy fishing on the beach, it's a long scene and it's a long kill. And I thought it was really scary and really brutal because it happens in the broad daylight and on a public beach, but yeah. there just doesn't happen to be anyone there. It's kind of like an overcast day. And he's fishing. This idea that somebody could confront you and try to be your friend and trade you a fish for their coffee. She has the poison in the coffee at a few different points in the movie. And just catches this guy out there. She, I mean, he, he should be able to defend himself, but he's just on this beach with no one around, and she has this hairpin, and the the length of time that it takes for her to, to stab him, and he's running, and, and she's like gouging him in the waves and stuff. I thought that was really scary and really uh, a great horror movie scene. And like you're also, you're cheering for the bad guy. And that's that's not a 70s movie trope. That's something that started later than that is when you're actually relating to uh, the bad guy and the, the antagonist when... You you know you're you're rooting for them to win. Like on the beach, you don't want that guy to get away. No, so I'm saying like mm-hmm. you want him to die. Even, and you even want the her like, entire Greta scene. Like you're still right. rooting for. You're empathizing. Love the ending to this. the The final sequence to this movie is so great. The final reveal, and then <laughs> the results of that reveal. Then the actions of Mary at the end of this, and the blood. I thought it was so brutal. Again, just I thought this was ahead of its time in, in just about every way, from beginning to end, everything about it. And if you like this movie and you're interested at all in the uh, filmmaker, uh, Moctezuma, I loved There's a movie called The Mansion of Madness. It, it has a couple different titles, but it's on Prime right now for free if you have Prime or you can rent it for like a buck. It's called The Mansion of Madness, and it's based on an Edgar Allan Poe short, uh, short story, not one that I'm familiar with, not one of the usual uh, Poe suspects that you get movies made out of really really good and actually stars the the fbi agent from this movie is the star of that movie i think they're his only two film credits and then there's another movie from 77 the mansion of madness is before this movie but there's a movie from uh 77 it's called alucarda 
that one is out there too on streaming. It's kind of a, a Mexican version of The Devils, but it's more of a straight horror movie. Really, really good. Like The Devils meets The Exorcist with way more blood. It deals with the Catholic Church. Similar thing. Uh, this is a good rabbit hole if you like this movie, which I think you will, to go down. And, and I would recommend seeing a couple of the other ones. I feel like all 70s horror movies are elevated horror. Yeah, it was a and, great time. It was yeah, a great and time I feel like horror. the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s is when horror got a little cheaper and a little funner. But uh, like the 70s stuff is all kind of like elevated. It has the same pace as like an IFC horror movie or you or know, like a two four, like what we're seeing yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. I liked when when Ben Ryder tries to basically have the what are we talk with Mary because <laughs> they've been traveling for a little bit and he kind of thinks that Mary is his girlfriend and they're in the van and they're driving and he starts into this like, well, you know we. We might have a future together. Basically, what are we? Mm. Doesn't doesn't go too well for him. Uh, he doesn't know that he's nothing to her he is, at all. He is but a fly. He's a convenience. Yeah, yeah. He's there. I, know, I thought that like she was actually starting to like with the with the Greta scene. I thought she was saying like I don't like to. That's right. Eat the people that I love. Meaning Greta. Not Ben. But I thought that she Sexy. was starting to like Ben, and I thought what drove her over, over the edge to eat Ben was when she found out who, quote-unquote, the man was. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think Ben yeah. was going to be cool. She, the but, walls were closing in at that point. She was getting kind of desperate. Um, yeah, and like, you know, you could see physically in the Greta scene, she's like, you know, shaking. Like, she's like, I just. That, that was the you know? scene where she was experiencing to me. That was the love scene. Yeah. She didn't have, that was not a feeling. I, I thought it was like a withdrawal scene. Vladdy issues. Yeah, that too. I thought it was like a withdrawal scene. I wasn't. Right. I didn't right. feel that was like a I love you scene. I thought it was like a. I think it was both. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Dave. Yes. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Uh, You're coming yeah. in hot. I am. You're serving hot revenge next week, in my understanding. Yes. So, well, I'm just I'm serving up something I that I have curated um, with all of our listeners and all of us in mind as sort of a antithesis of what we've gone through this week. <laughs> so what we have is I would like you to watch these movies in a certain order. Please do not watch the second movie first. Watch the first movie first. And the first movie is A24's The Death of Dick Long. And the second movie you watch after you finish watching The Death of Dick Long is the 1975 Polish masterpiece, The Beast, or The Bet. Both VOD, correct? Both VOD. We're gonna have to pay. So if you want to holla at me for some change, they're like two ninety nine. Um, Wait, you're saying you're gonna pay for people wow. to watch it? No, That's no, amazing. no. I already rented it on oh. Trent's okay. last night, so I told you you could watch it tonight if you want. Sneak um, it in. But yeah, so please watch the death of Dick Long first, and then the Beast second. And that is my week. Uh, I look forward to what everyone thinks. Mm. 